You're listening to Storytime for Travellers, where adventurers share their craziest travel moments. Welcome back to the podcast. So my guest on this episode is the ever so lovely Zoe Arielle Paulson. She's a Canadian travel and wellness YouTuber who on YouTube just goes by the name Zoe Arielle. After studying her postgraduate degree in Toronto, Zoe traveled to Europe and fell in love with traveling. She actually ended up moving to Rome in Italy where she's lived for the last three years. She's now just moved back to Canada. Zoe is also the author of four books and she's totally inspiring. She often talks about the power of positivity, spirituality, self-worth, which I just love. In our conversation in this episode, we chat about life in Rome, getting lost and being in the middle of the desert in Jordan. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi Zoe, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So I absolutely love your YouTube videos. And the first thing that I actually wanted to talk about is you're living in Rome right now, right? Yes. Well, I actually, I was living in Rome for about three years, but I'm kind of in transition mode at the moment. Um, I'm back in North America. Right now I'm in San Diego, but I'm slowly but surely moving back to Canada for a year. Wow. That sounds amazing. So I want to hear the story of how you ended up living in Rome because like why Rome? Yes. Okay. So this is, this is a love story for sure, but um, definitely just a love story with me and Italy. So (laughs) when I was 20, I was in university and I was pretty keen on getting my undergrad done as soon as possible. So each summer I was taking extra courses. So I was essentially in school almost the full year for three years. And finally I had taken enough summer credits and I was going into my last year. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to do a big trip before this. And it was my first solo trip, my first time in Europe, but I went backpacking for two months. And I was originally supposed to spend four days in the city of Rome as I always felt so drawn to the city. I love history. I knew I had to visit it, but I got there and I ended up spending a total of two weeks time there because I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I tossed a coin in the Trevi fountain and wished that one day I would live in Rome. And I made a promise to myself that if I was to ever, well, I would come back, but when I was to come back, I would have to move to Rome at least for one year because there was just too much to explore and discover and adventure and Italy just stole my heart. And then, you know, it took four and a half, five years, but I eventually made it. And I came over with the intention to live there for one year after quitting my corporate job and fell too much in love with it and stayed about three. So yeah, long story short right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best kind of love story. (laughs) In love with a city. That's the traveler's love story. Um, So what is it that you love so much about Rome? What kind of captivated you about the city? So, well, I've definitely always been drawn to more sunny places and immediately I fell in love with the Mediterranean climate and when I got into the center of Rome after getting off the airplane and just seeing all the Vespas around, the old cobblestone streets and Rome has this glow about it, like all the buildings there, lightly colored yellows and oranges and pinks and I just felt like the whole city was glowing 
and it was summertime and I you know when you set out on an adventure by yourself especially if you're a solo traveler you always get this like high like you have no idea what's going to happen but you know amazing things happen when you step out of your comfort zone so I was just full of excitement and anticipation and uh, after I got to know the city better after a few days still walking around and nothing faded for me I was still just as excited to look outside and see palm trees and these brightly colored, colored buildings and all this history that's over 2,000 years old just right in front of you and of course the Colosseum the Pantheon there's just so many incredible monuments that it's puzzling you can stare at it and wonder how the ancient Romans were capable of things like this and I'm all about those mysteries and adventures so I mean I'll I could never get bored of it <laughs> I guess that's what it comes down to yeah it sounds so beautiful I've actually never been to Rome it's I don't know how I've never been to Rome because it's so easy from London to get to Rome but yes it's high on the bucket list I think maybe after this conversation I'll be like I need to book a flight <laughs> Definitely. But the one thing about Rome, it deserves a lot of time. I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm just gonna, I'll stop in, I'll hit Rome for a day or two, check out the Colosseum and then leave. But that city deserves so much time. I'd say if a minimum would be one week there because of course there's the food, but there's also the sights, and you just want to leave yourself some of that quality downtime where you can sit at a cafe and people watch and just enjoy La Dolce Vita for what it is. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm like that. I'd much prefer to spend a long time in a place than just kind of, I think often when people travel around Europe, they kind of just like whiz around and they're like this city, this city, this city. And then you just, you get so exhausted <laughs> from like yeah. city hopping and just hitting all the tourist attractions that I don't think you enjoy it and you don't really get a feel for the culture. And actually, I wanted to ask you about living in a different country because that's definitely completely different to being a tourist. So how have you found living in Rome and also with the language barrier has that been a problem um I would say like I started to learn Italian a little bit before I went and when I arrived I took some lessons and kept that going so language barrier not too much of a problem I would say sometimes you run into the issue where people even though I can understand Italian sometimes people might think you're a tourist and Sometimes you can feel like you're taken advantage of a little bit, but that's just kind of the plus side of actually getting to know the language and so you can stick up for yourself in situations. Not to say that that happens a lot, but it's just a nice thing to know that you you can communicate better. And in regards to living in a place, I feel like a, a big question I often get asked around that is everyone's like, okay, so you fell in love with Rome, as many people seem to fall in love with Italy, and then you live there. And does that love fade or disappear after you know you've been to the Colosseum a couple times this and for me I would say the love never faded it's still there um, I love it for what it is but of course you get to know a city for all that it is and there's good and bad areas in every city and you know there's beautiful and, and not as beautiful places in every city but it's just how you take it and just how you frame it because I felt like I was always open to the adventure of Rome and always appreciating it for all that it was that I you know I never lost that love or that appreciation for the city or never felt like I wanted to leave because I wasn't enjoying it anymore I would say that as long as you're optimistic about the adventure and take it for what it is you'll you'll never lose that interest in a city if you've been so drawn to change your life to move there Definitely. And I think that's there's such special memories to look back on when you kind of 
really, really fall in love with a place. Now, I also wanted to ask you, so obviously you're a world traveler. You've been to loads of different places. And as a world traveler, we sometimes get lost. <laughs> I yes. mean, I know I do. I get lost all the time. So do you have any funny stories about getting lost? Yes. Okay. I have a funny story that's, you know, pretty crazy, but I, I love to tell this story because I feel like it has a lot to do with this solo trip. Like I told you, I took when I was 20 and I was definitely out of my comfort zone. And at this time I didn't have Google maps. Like I didn't have an iPhone. I was printing off maps from the computer each time I got to a hostel from the city I was in and just exploring that way. And it's too bad now because I almost feel like sometimes I want to take off on a trip like that, but it's too easy for us to be like, oh, I'm just going to pull out my phone now, connect to some Wi-Fi and find out where to go next. But I truly felt like I was in adventure mode when I was 20 and backpacking around. And I was in Athens and I had uh, scheduled a bus to go to uh, like a ferry and I was in the port and I had my backpack and I was there early because I had to check out of my hostel in the morning and my bus wasn't till later in the evening. And one of the gentlemen at this travel agency said, you know, you can leave your backpack here and you can head to the beach. It's about a half an hour bus ride. Told me where to catch the bus. So literally I put uh, a towel, some sunscreen and enough euros to, or cash to get to this beach, put it into a plastic bag and went. I didn't bring the map, anything like that. I left all of my belongings at this travel agency. So I took off on this bus, went to the beach for the day, had such a good time laying out in the sun. And when it came time to catch the bus back to go to the travel agency to get my bus later, I found myself lost. I'm pretty sure what happened to me is that I got on the wrong bus and I should have been paying closer attention, <laughs> especially when you don't have a map or a phone that's functioning. And especially in Greece, when the alphabet is something completely foreign to us, North Americans or English speakers <laughs> and I was on this bus and I was the last person on this bus I was on the bus much longer than half an hour as long as it took me to get back to the port and I was riding around and I started to get anxiety I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna miss my other bus I have no idea where I am I don't know how to communicate with these people and then all of a sudden the bus stops and this older woman gets on the bus and she comes down and out of all of the seats on the bus, she comes and sits right beside me. And I think she could tell that I was nervous. And so I, you know, I'm sitting there, I try to explain to her where I'm going, but she clearly couldn't really understand me. And she went up to the front of the bus, spoke to the bus driver. The bus driver drives around probably for like another 20, 25 minutes, doesn't pick up anyone else, just us on the bus. And then he drives right to the port where the travel agency was that I was getting my next bus later wow. and I'm getting off. And the woman, like I was so grateful for her and she had such a calming presence about her. Like, you know, when you just meet people and you're like, okay, I trust her, even though I don't know her. Like I just felt very calm and she was getting off the bus behind me. And I'm like, so grateful. I turn around to give her a huge hug and she's gone. <laughs> She's mysterious gone. women saved it you. It was so <laughs> mysterious, but she saved me. But this is one thing that happened on this whole trip, and especially because I said I didn't have Google Maps to, to guide me. But I got lost in Greece, and I got lost in Rome as well. And I just, when this happened to me, I met the most kindest people, as like I just mentioned, people who 
for example, when I was in Rome and I, I went for a run one evening and, you know, just quite careless and carefree and I couldn't figure out how to get back to my hostel and this couple, they just saw me and they said, oh, are you looking for a map or something? And I'm like, oh, my hostel, I just don't know. I went for a run and now I'm a little bit disoriented and they ended up walking me two hours back to my hostel even though their hotel was in a completely different direction. So I met incredible people who were just helping guide me along my journey. And I think it's, it's really special when you go out on a solo trip by yourself and you just feel like there's kindness in everyone around, kindness in strangers. And when you see that and you're open to those types of experiences, it completely changes your perspective on the world. And just knowing that, you know, friends exist in all places. Definitely. It's, it's, like definitely a great way to meet people I think I probably met thinking about it now I probably met the best people when I was traveling actually when I was lost I mean I get lost quite a lot because (laughs) I have absolutely no sense of direction and uh, yeah I think the best people I've met have been when you're lost because people are so willing to help you and you don't really realize it because when you're at home it's just like oh just get out your phone but when you're away and you don't have any internet coverage or like you're using a paper map People come up to you and they're like, are you okay? Are you lost? Can I help you? And it's so heartwarming because we don't really get that at home. And even in London, like if someone, if I ask someone for directions, everyone's kind of like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> like yeah. people are less less open, I think. But I think when we just talk to each other randomly in the street, you can make some really great connections that way. Yes. And even just being able to communicate with people, if let's say you don't share the same first language, but you're both trying and it's such a beautiful thing because then you giggle together and you laugh and you're like, oh, we're all the same here. We're all just trying to figure it out, trying to figure out where to go. And yeah, it's just so nice when you meet those people who are just open and willing to help you. And people are so open, particularly in different cultures. And that actually leads me on to another point I was going to ask you about. So have you got a story about experiencing a culture that was totally new? Yes. Yeah, so actually, um, this question goes very well with I, a trip to, I made to Jordan. So last year, uh, about a year ago now, I was in Jordan. It was my first time in the Middle East, and I spent two weeks there. I had a lot of really incredible experiences, but one that really stands out to me is we went to Wadi Fainan. Wadi is Um, the Arabic word for valley, I believe. And so we were at this eco lodge, which was quite far into this desert area. And it was absolutely beautiful. We spent the night there and it was just absolutely incredible, completely solar powered and everything. But you had the opportunity to go a little bit deeper into the desert for a walk. And so we went for a walk and found a Bedouin tent. So this is where a family was living. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had because we were just walking and this Bedouin family, um, there was a grandmother, grandfather, and a grandson. And they invited us in for tea and made us tea. And they were just living in this tent, just, you know, sticks and wood piled up with covering. They had a donkey, they had chickens. It, It was so interesting to see how simply they lived. And so we spent the morning with them drinking tea and they were just so kind. And although we couldn't share the same language, you share the experience. And it was something so beautiful. And the the grandson, his name was Al. He was showing me some of his schoolwork because he actually, even still living in the tent sometimes with his grandparents, he would travel 
down, down, down through the valley into the desert and go to school. And so he was showing me his schoolwork and he was so proud and excited about it. And of course, we couldn't communicate, but, um, you know, I was just showing my excitement for him and what he was working on. And it was so sweet to share those moments with them and just see how simply they live and how happy they are with, you know, no real material things that sometimes we tend to get caught up in all the time. And especially without, you know, technology, no, no cell phones, no laptops, anything. And they're just living, living their best lives really and truly just so content. Yeah. And how did you, how did you end up in a desert in Jordan? Yeah. (laughs) So (sighs) it was part of the trip. So the trip was so well planned and it was such an incredible experience because I feel like, um, you know, going, going on a big trip, let's say two weeks, like that would require a lot of planning if you're going city to city and the travel one group in Jordan, um, in Amman had planned out this incredible trip for us. So it was one night in the eco lodge and a day there. So that's how we wound up there. It's very world renowned for being one of the best eco lodges in the world. So it's completely solar power. There's just our candles everywhere as well. And truly incredible i mean i woke up to goats just herding beside my window it was so cool (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things that you're like like is that gonna be a good experience and then you get there and you're like this is really cool (laughs) yeah no yeah it's like i didn't know i wanted to do this (laughs) exactly it was one of my favorite parts of that entire trip and we had such a contrast because we stayed in eco lodge and then we stayed in like the most luxurious hotel in Amman so I that trip was just so incredible like I said I got to see so many different parts of the country and experience so many different things but it it all turned out to be incredibly beautiful like you never know what you're going to experience but as long as you're going in with an open mind um you'll always be pleasantly surprised with with any adventure that sounds like such an amazing experience now (laughs) yes on this podcast we ask all of our lovely guests to share a pinch me moment so This is a moment where you just look around on a trip, like a tiny split-second moment, and you just think, wow. So can you tell us about a pinch-me moment on one of your trips? Yes, so I can definitely say a pinch-me moment was when I first visited the Amalfi Coast for the first time, having lived in Rome already for a few months, um, decided to make the trip out with a friend. And when you're going out there, you're driving around these winding roads on the steepest cliff and it's just the most incredible view the sea truly glows that light blue color that turquoise blue color and what was incredible for me was that this image of Positano and other images of them all because I'd always put them on vision boards and I'd always had them as a wallpaper on my desktop background and when I was in my corporate job before I made the leap to Rome I just always surrounded myself with these images and then finally I was there and to see it with my own eyes it was absolutely incredible and I think in that moment when you're visualizing something so much and you're wishing for something so much when it comes to fruition you're just in awe and yeah just like goosebumps and everything and in that moment after that trip I realized if I really want to stay in Rome longer than one year I can if I made all of this happen if I took the leap of faith leaving my safe corporate job and decided to move to Rome for a year. Who's to say I can't stay a little bit longer? So it was in that trip too. And after that moment of just seeing 
my dreams materialized and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> I believed in myself much more. Oh, that's amazing. So that's the, that's the moment that made you stay. That's the moment that made you think I can do it. Yes, because I lived in this kind of limbo when I when I got to Rome and when I was saying I'm like, okay, don't get too attached. I know you love Rome. Like this is myself. I know you love Rome, but you can't live here forever because you're Canadian. Like it just, you know, you get this one year visa and that's it. But then after I started to see more and more of everything I'd wish and hope for come to fruition. And like that moment, I like who's to say that's not possible if all of this was possible yeah no amazing yeah now we're running out of time a little bit but before you go I have to ask you about YouTube so I absolutely love your YouTube channel but I'm so intrigued at how YouTube's kind of changed the way that you travel yes definitely so before when I first started YouTube just over three years ago or I guess maybe three and a half years ago now I was all about self-improvement or just what was going on in my life. And I never thought it would kind of lead into a travel way. I always, you know, hoped it would because travel videos were my favorite to watch. And when I moved to Rome, I started to do like day trips here and there, little weekend trips, and I started to film them. And then they started to perform quite well. And since then, it's given me the opportunity to travel to places like Jordan, completely like sponsored. And so in that way, it's been such a gift that it's allowed me, it's given me this platform to not just share the world with other people, but it's, also helped me get to these places yeah and do you think is there obviously there's um, loads of amazing good points to youtube and it's given you all these opportunities but is there anything that you think's kind of restricting about youtube so like if you're in a place and you have to film all the time do you ever find that you kind of just want to be in the moment yes so this um this is something i really realized in myself last year 2018 was that I was doing so many trips and I was filming a lot and you know, there's moments when you just, you think to yourself, Oh, that would have been so good if I had caught that on camera or if I would have captured this conversation. But then yeah, I was found, I was stopping myself like, no, you're just living in the moment. It's okay. But sometimes, uh, if this becomes a habit for you, anytime to go on a trip is to capture as much as you can to come back and edit. And so when I started to notice myself doing that more and more, thinking these thoughts or having to stop myself, from filming or feeling guilty about not filming, I took a trip at the end of last summer with my friends um, and we decided no cameras, no filming, because we are all YouTubers. So we're like, we're just gonna go on a holiday and we're not gonna worry about our cameras. And then I ended up having the best trip I had all summer, for sure. Wow, so it's all about balance. Yeah, it's definitely all about balance. And in times too, it can be, difficult because it does take away from the experience because you might see a view for the first time let's say but you're walking up to that view with your camera in your hand so you're looking through the lens then at the view instead of just walking up and seeing the view for what it is so yeah it's it's all about trying to achieve that balance and trying to give yourself some moments just to yourself definitely right well we're running out of time but it's been so amazing to speak to you and hear some of your stories Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely chatting.
I hope you guys enjoyed my chat with Zoe. If you want to see her YouTube videos, just search Zoe Ariel and the same on Instagram. You can also check out her blog, zoeariel.com and buy her books on Amazon. And of course, don't forget to become part of the Storytime for Travellers family on social media. The whole point of this podcast is for people who love travel and travel stories, people like you and me, to come together and share what we love. So it'd be great if you got in touch, shared this podcast with a friend, and if you're feeling super generous, maybe leave a review. Thanks for tuning in. It's amazing to have you here and your support means everything. I can't wait to speak to you again on the next episode of Storytime for Travellers. <laughs>